Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. What's up, y'all? It is the best bits, and it is just the bits right here. You are in part two. In case you didn't listen to it already, go ahead to listen to part one. I talked with Abby, and we got caught up on all things happening in our lives right now. We even talked about the things we're into, like adult gymnastics. Abby's running a half marathon. She's going to see a really cool concert. We even talked about our favorite animals. There's some fun stuff on there that I hope y'all go listen to. But if you're here for the bits to get caught up on the show from this week, here it is. Coming in at number seven, I reviewed Austin Powers. It was my movie assignment in the latest of a movie assignments from uh, the time before I was born or roughly as I was like a toddler. And this week was Austin Powers. So I hope you enjoy my pretty controversial opinion. Number seven. Morgan, who's our head of our digital, social media, any of the stuff on the internet. She was born in 1993, so she hasn't seen a lot of the movies that we've seen from back in our day. So we'll make references and she won't get it. So we kind of started this thing where we make her watch old shows, old movies. Uh, She watched Seinfeld. She didn't like it. Back to the Future. Loved it. Karate Kid. She really liked it. So the last one we assigned her was Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Yeah, baby, yeah! That's all. That's the only clip, is that? (laughs) All right, Morgan, so give us your review. Well, I did watch this all in one sitting, and how I watched it in one sitting, I have absolutely no idea. This is arguably the stupidest movie I've ever seen. (laughs) It was really funny back in the day. I mean, listen, I did get some giggles out. I'll admit that. Like, there were moments, but I was laughing because of how stupid it was. It wasn't like, this is funny. It was like, oh my gosh, did that really just happen? When the first one came out, it was a huge deal. And I remember going to Austin Powers 2 and you couldn't get a seat. People were so pumped that a sequel was out. I mean, it took like two weeks to get in to watch this movie because everybody wanted to go. Would you be interested in watching Austin Powers 2 if it was up to you? If it was up to me, I would not watch okay. anymore. And Austin I'm not going to make you. Yeah, you're out. You're <laughs> done. Oh, okay. You can tap out. But what do you give it? Oh, like one out of five groovy babies. One? Yeah. Wow. What did you oh, not man. like about it? It wasn't that, it, like, 
I think I realized that they made it to be stupid and funny. I just like couldn't handle it. I was like, I should have been like drunk watching this movie. That's what I felt like the whole time. I shouldn't have been sober. It just didn't feel right. Did anyone not like Austin Powers back in the day? Mm, everybody, love everybody love it? Yes. Love it. Yeah. It was so good back in the day. Maybe though, when old people go, man, those three stooges. They were hilarious. Like old people, and you're like, but that was funny to you? They're just <laughs> punching each other in the face. Poking each other's eyes out. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that's just, it's just a generation gap thing. Yeah, it was just too cheesy. Like I wanted to get into it, and I, I couldn't. I was like, this is stupid. It's supposed to be kind of cheesy. It's a parody. Though, right? Yeah. A parody of James okay. Bond. We can't fight for it. <laughs> okay. It's her opinion. <laughs> one out of five. Um, you want a serious one or a funny one next? I got both queued up. Oh, I mean... The serious one's going to be very long, okay. but it's going to be very good. The funny one won't be as long, but I also think it's very good, or I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, we've done three kind of at least comedy-ish ones besides Karate Kid, so let's do serious. Is two weeks a good enough time for you? Like, if I give you two weeks to yes. watch it, you don't? Okay. I can manage that. Then we're going to give you Shawshank Redemption. Oh, you're going to love good it. One. Eddie's been wanting me to do this for so long. She's going to love one it, One of Bones. the best movies ever. Not, and I have not watched it at all. Yeah, yeah. Not just of the last 10 years. or Just, I think, one of the best movies ever. Forrest Gump, one of the best movies ever. Shawshank Redemption. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> well, those are the three. According to you. <laughs> so, Shawshank Redemption will be your next movie. It is, it's not even that long. How long is it? Well, back in the day, it was super long at two hours, 22 minutes. Oh, yeah. But that's like half a Marvel Avengers movie now. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, you'll be watching Shawshank Redemption. Let okay. us know in the next two weeks if you finish it, and we can't wait for your review. I will. I'm excited. But a little bit we all want to do an impression of Austin Powers. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah baby. baby. Lunchbox? <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh. What? <laughs> do it again? Uh, yeah, baby. That's pretty good. Here. <laughs> do the it's like Kermit and Austin Powers <laughs> had a baby. <laughs> right. <Yeah. sighs> Hold on. Yeah, baby. That's pretty huh. okay. okay. That's good. better. Yeah. Right. Acting class is paying off. That's true. <laughs> Let's go. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two. The chief, the legendary Eric Church. He came on the show this week and he talked about dad life. He also talked about that kind of controversial UNC Duke game where he canceled his show to go to it and he talked about the stories from it, why it was worth it, and just everything around there. It's a good time when you listen to Eric Church talk because he's so fun to listen to. And he's the chief. Hearing him talk about his kids and like his kids don't care about his career, amazing. So here it is, the interview with Eric Church. Number six. Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Eric Church. Eric, how are you, man? I'm good, Bobby. How you doing, bud? Hey, doing pretty good. Yeah, I was thinking about you. Uh, I know when you make music at least the last time you know you guys went to uh, i believe north carolina and you got in a house you live there you 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 wrote you recorded so for you when you're creating does it is it like we're gonna go all in and do it all now and then the rest of my life i'm gonna not do it or do you still write songs in between i still write some in between but I, i think a lot of it is um I I store it up, you know, and I, I try to put myself in a uh, a creative place and, and and you know get it all out of me, write a bunch of songs, and then you know from the next time from that period to the next time I write, I'm pretty quiet, you know. I don't I don't do a lot of writing, um, but yeah, you know how it goes. I mean, songs find you, you know. So I'll, I'll dabble. I'll put stuff in my phone, um, and then I'll try to find that next spot where I 
just empty it again. You know, so it's, it's kind of this uh, cycle for me that, that um, kind of over a two-year period, you know, I'll, I'll kind of exercise. As someone who creates a lot of different things, especially music, do you ever write a song, and is, is your process ever to not listen to it so you can get away from it, to then listen freshly to see if you like it, or will you just know right then? I mean, I'll know. I think the point of creation, uh, especially like, you know, um, you get that goosebump, that feeling of, hey, this is this is a good one. Or um, uh, when you've written thousands of songs, there's those few that pop out. Um, I think that's what we were trying to create when we made The Heart and Soul. I mean, that, at least for me, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to write a song that, that morning and record it that night so that you, ne- you didn't have any lag time. Normally, when you write a song, you hang on to it for a couple of months, you play it for a producer, you play it for, you know, these people, then you go in the studio. So by the time you record it, a lot of the, a lot of the magic's been knocked off of it. And, um, that, that moment of creation, that birth of a song is the most magical thing in music. Oh. And if you can carry anything, if you can capture that and carry it, you know, so it's always that moment uh, to answer your question in a long way is that, you know, in that moment, if, if you got something. And again, pardon my ignorance for sitting on this for a second. So, but if I write a joke, or you know, I've written books, and I, I will be in it so long that I, it, while I'm writing it, I lose. Is this even funny anymore? Is this because I'm living in it? Does that ever happen as a songwriter? Where you're writing the song, and you're like, man, I thought it was great, but I've just been yeah. grinding it out that I can't really feel anymore. If I know, yeah, hundred percent. But it's, it's, I think that first that first time that you kind of know, you know, there's a reason you stayed in the joke, you stayed with it, or you stayed with the, what you were writing. I think you know instinctively, or at least in, in my in my history, that feeling you get, I call it like goosebumps or chicken skin. You know, when, when you you feel that feeling, there's a reason you felt that feeling. So that's, that's normally when I, when I trust my gut, it's on that stuff. But yeah, I mean, after you... After you hammer on it for you know hours and you you, you whittle it down, it, it can sometimes feel like it, you know is this thing still good? But yeah, I, I just always try to trust that that first thing. Eric Church is on with us. We're celebrating Harlan Fire, going to be number one this week. You wrote that song by yourself. Is that mm-hmm. harder to go? This is a great song. If you wrote it by yourself because it's all you, or is it easier? It just depends on. Um, you know, for me, I'll always normally when I co-write, I start all the songs myself. Um, I'm, that's where I'm best is I'll, I'll have a verse or I have a chorus or I'll have kind of a thing kind of you know outlined in. And then I'll go to a co-writer to say, hey, help me here. Help me color this out. And is this, you know, is this what I think it is? What's another angle? But with Heart on Fire, it just kind of kept, you know, I didn't, it just kept going. And all of a sudden, instead of stopping and taking it to a co-writer, I just kept writing. And um, it was critical to this project because what we were doing was so wacky um, and so uncomfortable to people. This was the first one we recorded. And I needed kind of a proof of concept, you know, for, for the band and the guys that, that, hey, what we're doing up here in the mountains for six weeks is, is going to be cool. It's going to be worth it. So, um this was the reason, in my opinion, the whole project worked uh, was the song. You know, so many people look up to you and they shout you out constantly when it comes to songwriting. I was with Thomas Rhett recently. You know, he did that. But I wonder, you know, are you able and you talk about being able to kind of shut it down sometimes like at home in the house with your family. Are you the musical dad or are you the dad that just does music? And there's a difference. Which one would you say you are? I'm the dad that just does music. 
Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. My household is really not centered around me at all, which is good. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 really around the kids. I got two boys, ten and seven, and they run the household. You know, so um, it's I'm I'm just the dad that happens to go out on the weekend and play shows and stuff. They, they're starting to get to where they they know it a little bit, especially my ten year old. You know, he knows. Um, some of the songs or kind of gets what I do. I'm not sure that my seven-year-old just doesn't think everybody in the world makes music for a living. You know, that's what they do. He just doesn't know there's any other any other occupation out there. So, do you, uh, follow me here. Church music for kids. You do a kids record? Can you imagine? <laughs> Come on. Uh, have you heard my music? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm saying you go into a whole different world. Church music for kids. This is it. You can find. Yeah. Oh man, I think you got it. Funny, funny story. One time I was on a, um, my first promo tour promoting Sinners uh, Like Me, which anybody's ever heard that album. It's a pretty uh, adult album. And one of the things I was at a radio station in Texas, and they took me to a kid's birthday party. And I, and I had to play, and it ended up being balloons and all this stuff. And the kids, it's a true story. And the kids sit down in front of me, and all I have was a Sunday Let Me album. <laughs> so that's that's a frightening situation, you know, when you're looking at four year olds. Well, listen, I, we're, we're, I still think it's an idea. You know, we you know, maybe we, we suss it out some other time. But super pumped you're on the show. Congratulations. Congratulations on the Tar Heels. I, you know, I'm from Arkansas. I was, I was really hoping we'd get to play you guys. But um, yep. you know what? To be able to have a ch- – I'm just so jealous of anybody that wins. I'm going to be honest with you, Eric. I just want I just want to win. And, you know, you're yeah. a blue blood and you're used to winning a little bit. But, I, but still, yeah. that's got to be great to have, like, your people win it again. It was it – was, it, you know, and again, it was the Duke. You know, it's Duke. I mean, for that – that was a national championship, you know, for us. And if you guys had beaten Duke, I would have – I would have made a San Antonio show. <laughs> you, you know what's funny is I consider because North Carolina lost. I think they won the national championship yeah. because they won that game. That's what's <laughs> crazy in my head right now. See, it didn't matter. That's the thing. That's what. That's at least as a, as a Tar Heel fan. I mean, once they beat Duke, it was everything else was skating. You know, that was the one. That was the thing that you know, game of the game of a lifetime for me. You know, um, so it was a. Uh, it was fun to be there. I had my boys there. My dad was with me. He's still alive. So we all we all went and had a just a one hell of a night. I have a friend that was well, a couple friends that that you were with and that ran into you that night, and they sent a picture yeah. of Jim Nance hanging out. And I was like, Yeah, that's a cool Eric Church and Jim Nance together at the same time. <laughs> Did you get a chance to talk to Jim at all? Yeah, I played golf with Jim. Oh, okay, flex. Okay, <laughs> you could have just said yes. You didn't have to keep going. Yeah, no, Jim. Jim was great. We had us had us over for like a little. Um, they had a little victory after party thing. CBS guys did, and Bill Raftery and uh, Grant Hill and all the guys were there that called the game. And uh, it was. I took the kids. You know, it was funny. I'm the I'm the dad that um, you know one a.m. or after the thing in New Orleans. I take my my kids to the bar that they're having the after party at to, to hang out with Jim. Man, so it was it was a lot of fun. Well, listen, uh, super pumped to talk to you. Hope you're good. Uh, good luck. You don't need it, but congratulations on another number one song, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Bobby. Thanks right. for having me. There he is, Eric Church. In my head, I consider North Carolina the national champions. Yeah, I was wondering why you kept Even though saying I, w- that. I know. Uh, yeah. It's cra- <laughs> that is correct. Well, it was such a big game. you said it, and I believed it. No, I know. I was and like, I okay. watched both Final Four games and the national championship yes. game, and yeah. I, in my mind— 
have North Carolina the national champion. It was such a big it game. It was such a big game. That, yeah, I understand why you did that. But I'm sorry was, to Kansas fans. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's because you said wit won it all. Yeah, that's the. I thought it in my head. I was like, "You won it all." <laughs> but I, first of all, sorry to Kansas fans. Yeah. But I realized through the, and Eric had to be like, "What are you talking about?" But I, in my mind, because of that and because of this, the hubbub about him not doing that show. Right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. also didn't ask him about it because. Uh, Did you hear what he said about Arkansas? If it would have been North Carolina, Arkansas, he would have had the San Antonio, San Antonio show. show. Yes, that's yes, funny. Right. Yeah, because it wouldn't have been as big <laughs> right, of a game. Right. All right, Eric Church, good to talk to him. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. At number five, Amy shared that her son competed in his first ever jiu-jitsu tournament. Bobby and his wife, Caitlin, were there. It was a really fun experience for them all, especially for Amy's son, who's excited to do even more now. So listen to it here. Number five. Uh, Amy's son had a jiu-jitsu tournament. I know nothing about jiu-jitsu except sometimes on UFC they'll be like, this person's a jiu-jitsu master, but they're also like punching and kicking. What I learned is jiu-jitsu has no punching and no kicking. It is simply, and I say simple as in for me to understand it, it's simply wrestling grappling. Right, Amy? Yeah. I often describe it as rolling around on the floor. Yes. So I kept, I was like, punch him! But there's no punching. No punching. So we go to this convention center. Caitlin and I go to watch Amy's son, Stevenson, in his first ever tournament. First ever formal athletic event. Ever. Yeah. Yeah, this is a big deal for him. He's never had something he's belonged to like this. He's got his little, and you can see on my Instagram, he's got his little, his, what do you call it? Gee. Is gee. That's like the robe. It's like the robe. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So how, as a mom, were you nervous? I was nervous because, yes, he's never done anything like this before, but mostly I was just proud. Like, I was excited for him. And I just wanted, I'm just proud of him for getting out there and doing it. I just was, yeah, and then I didn't want him to, like, have a horrible experience, but he didn't. I mean, he walked away from it, like, feeling so good and wanting to do it again. But I'm like, well, you got second place, buddy. You can't he he did get second in the whole, but he got second place in the whole tournament. Of everybody wow. in his yes, in his division, he got second place in his whole first tournament. However, <laughs> however, as my daughter likes to keep reminding everybody, including Stevenson, there was only two people in his weight class. Oh well, that would, that would make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> she, we're we're trying at dinner later that night. We're trying to just remind him, but buddy, you got the silver medal, second place. He got to stand on the the second place box. But we strategically cut out the third place. Yeah, box even though I took the photo. picture, I cut that third place <laughs> out because no nobody there. on it. Yeah, <laughs> there's nobody on it. Um, but yeah, so and my daughter just starts <laughs> laughing at the dinner table, and she's like, "There was only two people." <laughs> I told her so, not to do that. Well, she's the sister. She still did it. She's yeah. not going to let it go. It was his first ever competition, and I was super proud of him. I was super proud of him. Yeah. I mean, he and he got he got beat, but the kid that he was up against was like. A master. Oh. He, had a, he had a different color belt on. Oh, man. He just happened to be small. Oh, yeah. He was small. So I kind of, when I saw the little kid walk up, I kind of under my breath, I was like, yes, because he was so little. And then he walked by. Uh-huh. So Shira likes to remind <laughs> me of that, too. She's like, hey, mom, remember when you were like, yes, he's so small. And then he walked up on him. <laughs> different yeah. color different color belts, yeah. though, for sure. Mm-hmm. But it was awesome. And and. My hope for him was he would finish his first ever performance in a tournament and be like, I want to do it again. Not, oh, man, I got beat. I don't want to do it anymore. How, what was his response? I mean, he no, he wants to do it again. He stayed. He wanted to stay the rest of the tournament and watch people, even when it got into the adults. Good. So he was very into it. And the whole time I was like, man, I want to get back out there. And so he's got practice tonight. 
and the coach said he was going to work with him on some of the stuff that he saw that he needs to improve on, and he's ready. He can't wait for his next tournament. There's some pictures up on my Instagram at Mr. Bobby Bones if you want to see it. But it was awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, it was awesome. It's a whole fight culture out there. Like everybody out there is just like they're on their fighting groups. I picture it like Karate Kid. Is that yeah, what it's like? Yeah, kind of. Okay. And there's like a huge mat and there are different fights happening on the mat. That's so cool. But there are only two people in this age division. It reminds me of, you ever watch Cheer on Netflix? Yeah. And they're like, we're competing for nationals. <laughs> there's only two teams that hold. And that hold. It's so dumb. They're, it's only two, literally two teams in their whole competition. They're like, we've been number one 74 years in a row, or we have 26 championships. There are two teams in the whole. <laughs> so, and they're like, we're going to nationals. They're competing against one other team only. <laughs> uh, it's awesome, though. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
You got to get the popcorn and the tea ready because Lunchbox spilled the tea on the show this week. And this time it was on Scuba Steve. Surprisingly, it was not a Lunchbox Eddie situation. Lunch spilled the tea on Scuba Steve over some laundry matters at his home. Don't ask me. But all I know is Scuba admitted to it. So the tea that was spilled was true. It was not false, which is always a fun one to hear. So right now, get your popcorn, get your tea Lunchbox is spilling it. Number four. Amy, would you explain what our segment Spill the Tea is about? Oh, it's when someone on the show is sort of tattletaling yeah. on another member. And they often think they're being a whistleblower. Like they're, yeah. they're spilling for good, but it's a tattletale. It is, yeah. So, let's spill the tea. Anybody feel like they have some tea that's going to get spilled on them? I always have tea. Is it ner- anybody nervous? I mean, yeah, it's always usually oh. me or Lunchbox. Well, I tell you, the person it's being spilled on, I don't think has ever had tea spilled on them before. Uh-oh. Oh. Yeah. Uh. So, Uh-oh. the spiller is someone who often spills. That's Lunchbox. Of course. Yes. <laughs> Shocking. Is he spilling it on Abby? Uh, he is not. He is spilling it on Scuba Steve. Ooh. Oh. Interesting. So... Lunchbox, what did you find out about Scuba Steve? Scuba Steve has the most unreal expectations for his wife. He makes his... Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh my Stop. What are you doing? Stop. <laughs> Stop. Listen. What? I, I, I'm all for her doing the laundry. I get it. I, I understand that, Scuba. But Scuba has requirements that she has to hang dry all of his clothes. His clothes do not enter the dryer. Everything she puts in the washing machine has to be put on a hanger and hang dry it. That means laundry that could go in the dryer 10 seconds turns into a 10-minute ordeal okay. because she has to How get a hanger. How did you find out about this? I was, just, I was like, man, that shirt is from the 90s. How do you keep it so clean? He goes, oh, I make my wife hang dry all my clothes. Oh, wow. And, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. and she has to wash all his clothes inside out. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Like, I get the laundry, but putting stipulations, Mm -hmm. that. You get the laundry? (laughs) I understand that. I understand making her do the laundry. That is the tea that I have to spill on Scuba Steve. Okay, Scuba Steve, you've been uh, spilled upon. Uh What would you like to say? Uh, I want to say that this is for good reason, because my clothes are valuable, and they're vintage, and they need to be treated a certain way. And because she does this, I have clothes that have lasted 10-plus years years and she's okay with it her mom even back in the day when i lived with her mother would iron everything for me my underwear my socks my clothing my shirts your your mother-in-law would iron your underwear it blew my mind too i remember one day i was when i first moved (laughs) to her house this is like early 2012 in san francisco and i remember opening up my laundry drawer or my uh, dresser drawer and my underwear was all flat and neat and I, and I asked her, I was like, well, what do you do? She goes, oh, I, I, um, I starch it, and, I, and I, I iron your underwear so it's nice and neat and ready to go for you. I thought it was weird, but ever since I've had iron underwear, I can't turn back. And your wife, <laughs> does she push back at all? Like, you're, this, this, is a bit, this is a lot. No, not at all, because she understands how important my things are to me. Then why don't you do it? Because I don't want to. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't have the time or the patience for that kind of right. stuff. And she likes it. It's therapeutic for her, so she claims. Therapeutic. So I'm oh. not going to fight her. bad look. Okay. And plus, I get so upset if I see a shirt that's been putting in the in the dryer okay. and it comes Stop out talking. all shrunk. Stop oh my god! I get so upset. I get so fucking. Okay. I get full of rage when I see a shirt that wasn't ironed properly. <laughs> Not good. Send it back. Um, Scuba Steve, do you feel a bit of guilt that she does all this? 
Initially, I did, but it's been 10 years of her doing this or her mom doing it. So <laughs> at some point, she would have stopped if she didn't want to do it or, or expressed her interest of, of her hating this. But she does it and does it with a smile. So, Are you oh. embarrassed that this tea was spilled? It wasn't something that I planned on talking about ever. But since it's been talked about, it's out there. Nothing I can do about it now. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It isn't normal. It, it totally is not normal. I didn't, I didn't grow up that way. But I, now that I've yes, had it, I love it. I think that... Oh, I would love it, too. I guess. Listen, <laughs> I be think awesome. that... There's a lot of things I would love that I pro- would feel okay, guilty about having let's done. Let's think <laughs> of the dynamic of their family and understanding whether she was the one working full-time. Does your wife work at... Uh, whoever this is. <laughs> Steve, hello. Scuba. Whoever this is. Oh, my gosh. Scuba, does your wife work? <laughs> she works full-time, yes. Oh, my gosh. Wait. My, my, I know, I know, I, Amy, my, I know. I'm sorry. I thought she didn't work at all. But she does and, it with a smile. Hey, my mom worked full-time with four kids and did a lot of things, yeah, too. But, Scuba, you need to get in the laundry room and start... There's no way, because then everything will be wrong, and then I'd be upset that she didn't do it in the first place, and, you don't and then want I'm having to do it. Wait, why not get, get upset at yourself? You're a competent person. Learn how to do it. I do other things. Okay. I, do the, I do the outside stuff. Do you, we we oh. have a compromise. She okay. does indoor. I do outdoor. What do you do? What, do you, what have you done recently? I mow the lawn. I weed eat edge. I pull the weeds. Does I do all she, the outside uh, stuff. Does she micromanage that? Like if you don't weed eat correctly, she gets angry? <laughs> she does, she, she'll make comments about things, so I make sure to make sure it's proper. It's their own dynamic. If yeah. it works for them, great. I just thought it was odd. Okay, and well Lunchbox then. was so eager to tell on him. I mean, <laughs> how tasty was that? That's tea. tasty. That tea. That that's a good tea. Okay. That's a good tea. I would just suggest to Steve that you make sure you, she knows how much you appreciate it, and then maybe change how you word it to people. I'll get angry if it ain't done right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. You're very Scuba welcome. Steve, our executive producer. That was Spill the Tea. That was Let's Spill the Tea. Let's go. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two. An interview with the one and only Jason Aldean. Not often do we get to sit down with an artist, especially of Jason Aldean's caliber. He talked about dad life, the biggest failed moment in his career that really changed the course of what happened for him as an artist. Just everything. We also talked to him about karaoke, if he'd ever karaoke his own songs. And he also revealed the gift he got from Garth Brooks. And let me, Brooks, y'all, I love my voice sometimes. He revealed the gift he got from Garth Brooks and... It's epic, okay? If I got this gift from Garth Brooks, I would simply die and live my life happily away forever. (laughs) But listen right now, this is Jason Aldean talking with Bobby about literally everything. Number three. The Friday Morning Conversation with Jason Aldean. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. You know, you've been the subject of a couple of conversations lately, mostly because Eddie saw you in Chuck E. Cheese. And, <laughs> and he was like, I didn't think Jason would be in Chuck E. Cheese, but you were. Yeah. Well, when the kids are screaming in the back seat, when you pass by and they're like screaming, telling you to pull over, sometimes you just got to make a pit stop. You know what I mean? So is Chuck E. Cheese a pit stop place or is Chuck E. Cheese a destination for a Saturday? Um... I don't know. I think it's just kind of like something we do for them every now and then, like just to, uh, you know, get them out and have fun. I mean, there's some different stuff we do. We take them to the trampoline park, the zoo, sometimes Chuck E. Cheese, whatever it is, you know, just to kind of get them out and have some fun. Do you feel like in places like that, people are just confused where they're like, I, that probably is Jason Aldean, but there's no way he would be at the trampoline park? <laughs> um, I don't know, man. 
Uh, I mean, you know. Even Eddie was confused. I was. And we were like, Eddie, you know him. I'd ask my wife. I'm like, help me out here. Is that Jason Aldean? Because I'm pretty sure it is. She's uh, like, you yeah. Know, man, you know, we got kids. We got to do kid stuff. <laughs> right. When you walk into a place and you buy tokens or you give somebody a credit card normally, I just wonder what it's like being like a real life celebrity where does your credit card have your name on it? You know, my last name is is actually not Aldine's my middle name, but Jason's on there. Yeah, Jason's on there. Is Aldine is your middle name on there as part no. of that? No. And do they go, Jason? Dang, that's that looks like. Because <laughs> I would just think you have such a dynamic stage look, mm. and then you're kind of one of us when you're not on stage, except for that really expensive watch. Other than that, you're like <laughs> us right now. You know, you're just a dude. I would think people would just be confused. Like I think that's, but I'm not sure. I don't. I mean, I, I think because I look. A little different than I do on stage, you know. Typically, if I'm not on stage, I got a baseball cap on or whatever. So, I think a lot of times people kind of do a little bit of a double take. But I think my wife is one that kind of a lot of times they'll look at me and then go, I think that's I think that's him, and then they'll look at Britt and go, Well, that's definitely her. So that's yeah, that's who that is, you know. And it's uh, I think she she's kind of she kind of blows my cover a little bit. That happens now with Caitlin because I'm such a generic white dude. I'm just, except for the glasses, <laughs> you don't get any more generic than me. And they're like, oh, the guy that's really dorky who shouldn't have a wife that's that pretty, and that's her. Like, Same. They're, they're like, that's the Same. association. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then they're like, oh, yeah. So, hey, congrats. Another uh, another album, but this is a double album yeah. situation. So why put out so much music basically in the same period? Man, you know what? For me, this being the 10th studio album, um, we just kind of wanted to do something different that, that we haven't done before. And, um, you know, for the previous nine albums, I feel like we've – We've kind of covered a lot of the bases, you know, so it was trying to find something that, that we haven't done. And for me, that was a double album, uh, a live album, or Greatest Hits. We'd never done any of those things. So to me, uh, being the 10th album, we just kind of want to do something different. And uh, we figured that was kind of a way to to sort of combine all those things. And, and anymore, I mean, the way people, you know, fans consume music, it's... You know, they want more music more often anymore. It used to, we put an album out and you drop another album a year, year and a half later. And uh, now it's just like you drop an album, they're ready for something new in a few months. And so we decided to kind of stagger it out, drop part of it a few months ago and then wait and drop the other half now. And uh, just to kind of help extend the life of the album. You know, the backside of uh, the Georgia track list is live. You mentioned that I was going to get to that. But, and I want to play one of the live tracks in its entirety in just a second. But do after you record it live, do you go back and go, man, I did that live? Dang, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Or do you go, man, that's perfect, and just let it roll? Well, we didn't record these for the record. Um, these were just things that, you know, we record basically all of our shows uh, so it wasn't recorded with the intention of of being on the record it was just kind of like this is the way it went down and, and this is what you're going to get so i think i'd go back in and re-sing them though with everything live <coughs> but every, everything else live i like peel me off let me do this again in the studio no 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 no. i mean but that's why I you're that's you and the that's beauty why. of it i think that's the beauty <laughs> of it you know people that that maybe haven't been to a show it's like you know they're getting a, a real performance of of what a real show is like well what people don't know is this is actually a re-recorded version of me doing this interview with you. <laughs> I came back in afterward and then re-layered me over it so it sounded perfect. Well, actually, it's not that far off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you and Carrie put out If I Didn't Love You, and you hear the song, and you're like, oh, cool, good song, going to be a number one. But did you, I mean, it is such a smash and is now up for every award. Was that the expectation when you guys got together to do the song? Is that ever an expectation? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know that you can ever kind of predict what a song's going to do. But, um, you know, I think with this song, 
when I heard it, it was written by a couple of guys in my band um, and then a new artist that we're working with named John Morgan. And so when I heard it and decided to get her on it or try to get her on it, you know, I felt like if we could get her on it, it was the song was already good. That would just kind of be a kind of the cherry on top and so um but again i mean you don't know until you get in the studio you start to see like how it all kind of meshes together and i think once she started singing on it we we knew there was something pretty pretty special about it uh but but again i mean you don't know until it it gets out and people are are listening to it and you just never know what those songs are going to be really you may think you got a big hit that's not or in in some cases with me that was something i thought was just okay that turned out to be a huge hit so um but yeah this was a huge one i think i got a text message from one of my reps the other day saying i think it had been in the top 10 for like 26 weeks or something which is which is crazy i've never had a song do that so it's been a big one yeah and any award show that comes out now is like and nominated for 72 awards jason and carrie <laughs> and so yeah congratulations thank on, you man so with and indulge me for a second because you bring up something interesting of all of the hits that you've had which one i'm gonna do both which one did you hear or record and go yeah this is gonna be massive and it was and which one did you go you want that as a single? I don't know if it's going to work. And then it was, and it did. Um, well, the one that I that I thought would be a big hit, um, I mean, we've had a, a couple. This this was one of them, though. The duet was one that I, I really felt like was going to be something special. Um, so the one that I thought was was kind of a head-scratcher to me that I was like, really, we're going to go with that? And, and this was kind of early in my career where, you know, I was still kind of – getting my legs under me as far as like you know what songs I was putting out and a lot of times I would let a lot of the outside influence kind of help pick those singles and it was uh, Big Green Tractor was one that I just thought man this is kind of corny and cheesy it's not typically what I would do um, but my producer kept saying man I'm telling you this is this is big David Lee Murphy was one of the writers on it and and so I was just kind of like alright maybe I'm missing it put it out and to this day, it's like the, the longest number one that I've ever had. It was number one for four weeks, and I've never had another song do that. So uh, that's what I mean. You just Sometimes you just you may not think something's going to be big, but it turns out to be huge, and you just never know. Do you play that song every night still? Every night, Bobby. I feel like that is a, every night, but I <laughs> wish it wasn't night every night. for the last 15 years. Because you got to give it to the people, and what's cool is you understand that. Even though <laughs> you would probably rather not, you do understand your fans are the reason that you're on that stage. Well, I love the song. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think but you've I'll, played it so many times. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I, I hear these songs in my sleep, I'm telling you. But, you know, on the other hand, it's like all those songs really were like a, a stepping stone for my career. They were all important at that particular point in time to, to kind of get us here. And and so I always try to keep in mind, like when I'm going to play a show, man, maybe it's the first time these people are ever hearing this thing live. And you try to put yourself in, in that frame of mind. But uh, that's the thing. If you're going to put a song out as a single and, you know, it becomes a hit, you better really like it because you're going to play it a lot. How do you play all 26 or and maybe off by one or two number one songs in a set? I don't, I don't know how you would do that. <clears throat> we don't. We, uh, you know, and that's the thing tricky. I'm actually in the middle of it right now is, is kind of putting the set list together for the new tour and, um, you know, you try to put in maybe some things that, that we haven't played in the last year or two, and you try to incorporate those in. And um, now trying to incorporate some of the things off the, the double album, you know, the new album, putting those songs in too. So it, it gets a little tricky, and, and ultimately you just go in and try and put together a show you feel like is going to entertain people. And, and 
mainly the songs they want to you know they want to hear that you feel like they want to hear and uh, kind of go from there. You know, I mentioned all the number ones and all the success and awards. But I think, and if someone just was introduced to you, you are Jason Aldean, the country superstar. But, you know, I talk a lot and have written an entire book on failure and how important it is to, to learn. Like, if you look at your professional career and you look back at a failure that actually made you a better entertainer, a better performer, a, any of that. Like, what was that thing that didn't work out or you're like, man, I'm kind of glad that didn't work out because I learned from it? Um, I would say... When uh, when I got dropped from Capitol Records early on, I got signed to Capitol Records in about 2000, I think it was. And uh, I was on the label for a year, never even recorded one song for them, and, uh, and got dropped from the label. And, and so that was tough, man. It was like I'd spent, you know, th- I mean, that was the brass ring. That's what I was after. And to finally get that and to not even really get a chance to prove myself before I got dropped was just... I don't know. It, it did a lot. It, it, it was like it was sad, but it also like kind of pissed me off a little bit. And uh, to me, that was the thing that made me like really want to go out and and kind of prove myself. And and um, and that's why when I got my next uh, record deal offer, it was from Bro- Broken Bow Records, which was a little independent label. Um, really didn't even have any superstars. I mean, Craig Morgan was over there and, and was having some, some just starting to have a couple hits. Uh, I think Cherie Austin was over there at the time and had a hit or two, but they really didn't have a whole lot going on. And so, um, you know, I signed over there with no clue how that was going to work out, but at least it was somebody willing to give me an opportunity. And and I think for a long time, I sort of carried that chip on my shoulder to, to go out and really want to prove myself. So I would I would say that was the main thing. Why would you be signed? And I understand why you would get dropped if you had put out a single that didn't do well. or you. But why would they sign you and then drop you before giving you a legitimate chance? Well, so I signed over there. Um, the, the head of the label was, uh, was a guy named Pat Quigley. And so when, when they signed me. And so literally before I could sign my deal, um, the new president came in, which is Mike Dungan, who, who is there now and, and – I've since talked to Mike, and we were great. Like, I love Mike. But he came in, and I just don't really think he, he got it. I don't think he was a believer in, in what I was doing at that time. And um, and so I think he went ahead and signed the deal, but I don't think he was ever really a believer in it. And so it, ultimately it just kind of fizzled out and, and went away. When you came to town, though, that was a bit of a jolt to the system. And, you know, I didn't on a much smaller level like I understand that because when I came here people were like what is this I don't understand it it ain't gonna and I kind of had to beat it into submission mm-hmm. and here you were you look different you sounded different there was a little more of an edge did you get a lot of that like I just don't get it yeah I mean I, I, li- I go back and listen to some of the stuff we were doing early on and, and as edgy as I thought it was at the time I listened to it now and I'm like it's re- it really wasn't but at the time it was and so um, you know, I think there was a little bit of that. I mean, we were we were different than anything else that was out at the time, and and so. Um, but I, I think the best thing that could happen to me was like, I didn't I didn't really know the rules. Like, you know, I didn't know there there were rules. I didn't know you couldn't. I mean, I remember having earrings and that being a huge thing. Earrings and a cowboy hat, and I'm like, really? I've had these since I was 17 years old. Like, I, it was that big a deal for me. But um, if you don't know the rules, you don't play by them. Yeah, and so it, to me, it was just like you know, you just kind of went. A, went along business as usual and uh, I don't think we really knew at the time that what we were doing was kind of 
you know, changing the game a little bit. With you having your own label now, Night Train Records, I would assume all of that that you've learned along the way, both failures and successes, uh, like has made you a better head of a label? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I, I think it's just experience, you know. I mean, it's it's guys, I mean, with, with other artists that we have, um, just having them be prepared for things or if something pops up, it's like, you know, I'm sure that I've either gone through it or, or you know, have witnessed it. So, you know, it, it's... I can talk to those guys on a, on a level of like, okay, I've seen this before. I've been through this. This is what's going to happen. This is how how you deal with it. Um, you're not just an executive. Like you've actually, you are, but now you, but you've done all of what they're doing. You've right. through every single step of it. So you can empathize more than just sympathize. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, and, and, you know, I try to be, you know, not only like kind of run the label, but label, but also, you know, produce those guys and like, um, you know, a guy we're working with, John Morgan, he's on this new America's uh, songwriter contest show that's out right now. You know, he's representing North Carolina. And so, you know, having a talk with him, he's like, you know, I don't know. This is an opportunity we have. You know, what do you think? And sitting down and talking to him about those kind of things. And, um, you know, it's just just kind of been there, done that, and, and can at least give some insight into whatever it is they got going on. They got any good? He's great. Great. I can't wait for you guys to hear him. Have, have we not? It's nothing now. Uh, he's got a song out. We released something last year just because we took him out on tour with us. It's called Coldest Beer in Town. And um, we just you know wanted to have something out on him while he was out on tour with us for people to go get. But uh, but his big launch is, is coming this year. So he, he's uh, he was a writer on the Carrie duet, and he's also a writer on the, the new song we got, Trouble with a Heartbreak. Wow, look at this. You're, you're in everything. You know, I saw you in Trying to keep up with you, man. No, I you see you everywhere. Stop. Hey, what'd you think <laughs> about my idea? Because I know you heard it. Oh, the award show, we got to change it up because ratings are going down all the time everywhere. Yeah. We got to do something to move people from. And don't you think if you're playing skee ball, it's just a terrible reference, but you're <laughs> with, and you're, if you, the more you win, the random fan or listener or gets money and the pressure's on you, I'm dialed into that as part of an award show. Right. Don't you think people would be like, wow, Aldine's going to play skee-ball to win somebody $5,000? I'm going to watch that in 15 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's the ticket. It but. is. <laughs> Trust me, it is. But but I'm with you. Like, I think, obviously. we got to shake it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, award shows are kind of, you know, they're they're run the way they are. And um, it's and presented an award, a couple in the of performances, another award. It's, you know, same old kind of thing. So I, I'm down to, like, change it up and, and do something different. I mean, uh, I, I don't know if ski ball is the answer, how but, about I, but I'm you, open to it. How about we put all these games on a wheel, It's been, you land on it, then you got a skeet shoot, and every time you hit a skeet, they get money. Every time you miss, we hit you in the face with a pie. On TV, come on. Wow. Mm. Or right. you could spin a wheel, have a bunch of karaoke songs, spin a wheel, yeah. and the fan gets to come up and, and sing with the artist. I've know? changed it. I've already changed your show, your version. I've moved on to the next channel. That's why you're on TV <laughs> and I'm on radio, buddy. Do you ever uh, you ever go – I'm not assuming you go to a karaoke place, but will you get up and sing if the situation is right and be like, yeah, I'll do, I'll do a little number? Yeah, of course. But I never sing my songs. I think that's like super corny. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. If you were to sing, I feel like that's like the. Oh, do you ever see someone sing your songs and they don't know you're there? Legit. Yeah, I mean, I've walked into clubs before, and you know, Broadway downtown, and, and there's guys in there playing our songs and stuff, and I, I think that's flattering. Honestly, I think that you go up. Cool. I'll talk to them maybe when they come off stage, but I'm not going to go jump on stage. I just would imagine if I was singing your song and you walked in, I would urinate. 
right there, <laughs> right in that moment. It'd be like, oh no. Uh, the new album is out today. It's the second version of the album. This one is called Georgia. Obviously, your hometown and your home state are super important to you. Uh, why has that remained such an integral part of your life? I just think for me, I mean, that's kind of where it all started for me. That's where I learned to play music. I mean, where I'm from is, you know, so rich in music history. Uh, the Allman Brothers, Otis Redding, Little Richard, all those guys from there. And, and so, um, you know, it's it's where I learned to be a musician. I mean, when I was 16 years old, uh, there was a guy named uh, Ronnie Hammond that used to be part of a band called Atlanta Rhythm Section. And uh, he had an after-hours bar. And so when I was 16, all these guys would invite me to this after-hours bar to have a jam session. And, like, I mean, I learned how to be a musician around all those guys. And so it was just a really important part of my career and, and how I learned to to kind of do all this stuff. And it, it all kind of goes back to, to my hometown. I've been thinking about it. I think your idea is pretty good now, the karaoke. Yeah, I'm into it. Cool. We'll I, talk about it. It took me about four <laughs> minutes to that's just, just turn, and I think that's pretty good. I don't want the people to be a good singer, though. No. Right? It has to be somebody who— Well, some of us in the business aren't even good singers, so it's going to work out great. Me yeah. included. No, that's not true at all. <laughs> uh, Jason Aldean is here right now. He's got the new record. Um, the second version, again, is out today. And I, when I talk about you and Brantley, I saw the picture, and you— a uh, redneck and a Rolex. Rolex on a redneck. Which one, which which way is it? Rolex, Rolex on a on redneck. redneck. Yeah. You, I be, is that a Rolex now? Yeah. Come Thanks on. Thanks for bringing that up. Come on. <laughs> you can't have a song. I normally wouldn't address it. You come in. You, you know who? You, you wear on. cool stuff. You know where this one came from? Actually. Oh, here we go. Name drop. I love I'm the name I'm drop. About to, about to name drop. Let me read it on the back. What does it? Let me, let me read it so we know you're not messing here. with this. Okay. Here we go. Is it Luke? Can I touch it? it? No, it's not Luke. Luke's too right. cheap. Here we go. It says. <laughs> <laughs> To Jason from John F. Kennedy. Wow. <laughs> no, it, wait, it doesn't say that. Wait, wait, he's dead. He's dead. It doesn't say that. It says Jason Diamond. Su- is that Garth? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Garth so, got you a Rolex? Yeah, for man. what? Bones, keep it. Just <laughs> so back. Garth was, uh, he was playing a show down, I think it was at Ascend downtown at, at the amphitheater. And asked me to come out and, and just jump on stage with him to do a song. And so I was like, okay, it's Garth. Hell yeah, I'm, I'm in. So I um, went down, and then when, in the dressing room when I got there, there was this box of like a thank you card of coming for coming out. For play. one song? Yeah, dude. Garth is the best gift giver uh, ever. Uh-oh. Well, let me say this. I'd like to say a little something here, Jason. Tomorrow night, Garth is playing a stadium show in Fayetteville, Arkansas, Razorback Stadium. Mm-hmm. And Garth called me a few weeks ago and was like, hey, would you come and open? Um, for the show, and so now, so we're opening tomorrow night for the stadium. And if there's not a Rolex, I'm gonna be a little bit disappointed. See, you gotta hold him to it. Except Jason. I don't, I don't have diamond celebration. <laughs> he's got, Jason Thomas. He, he might a have Rolex. you a fossil, <laughs> a swatch watch. Well, I mean, yeah, it's true. You are opening on this. Like oh my god, they tour gifts like different things they give their opening oh acts. What are y'all going to get? Mm, now there's a really unfair <laughs> expectation that Jason has given us because we're playing with Garth tomorrow. Hey, you're welcome. If you show up and there's one in there, though. Um, I'm going uh, to end with this here. At this point in your life and career, like what makes you happy now? Um, you know, I, I think the fact that I've gotten to a point where I can still go out, I can make records, I can still go tour. Um, but I've gotten to a point where I don't have to be on the road for, you know, 200, 150, 200 days a year. You know, I can kind of like tour for six months and then I get to come home and and be at home with my family and and hang out and kind of find that balance that I don't think I ever really 
found early on or or that was kind of impossible to find. You know, when you're out early on and you're trying to get your career going, it's like you're never home. So um, I think the fact that I'm at a point now where I can still do all the stuff that I want to do professionally and, and really enjoy that stuff, but but also bounce it out and have time at home to to kind of be a dad and husband and all those things and like make it all work together to me is is uh, is a cool place to be that that's that's nice for a change. Did you think you would enjoy balance when you were younger? I didn't know what balance was when I was younger. Um, yeah, I had one speed and it was all out, you know. So and then especially once you know the music thing happened and I finally had an opportunity to go out. It was like I wanted to. I was so scared of it going away that I just sort of like, you know, it was kind of all or nothing for me. And uh, so finally, I think over the last few years, I've gotten to a point of like being able to kind of sit back and go, okay, you know, if if I never had another hit tomorrow, I can still go play my shows forever. So it's, I think it finally clicked with me of like, you know, you're, you're in a good spot and just, you know, enjoy it. The Rock and Roll Cowboy Tour, 34 cities, uh, jasonaldean.com to get tickets. It's from July all the way to the end of October. But the reason he's here today is the new album is out. So it's there. The full release is going to do a three, like a three vinyl situation. Yes. Yeah, so uh, after the after the, the second half drops, we're going to do a, a which is today a, a vinyl set today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. today. Um, <laughs> sorry, I've been talking about it for weeks. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the vinyl is coming out. It's a it's a you know three album vinyl set and uh, really cool and and you know I love the fact that people are going back and, and listening to to vinyl these days I think it's a, there's a like a limited run of those though but uh, but it's really cool I, I still love going back and listening to, to old vinyl records and and um, my my dad's got a record player at his house still I think it was the one that from when I was a kid actually but um, you know the cracks and the pops to me that's the still the coolest way to listen to music well, I'm going to end on this note here, and I, I was saving it for the end in case it got awkward, but um, I'm I'm pretty annoyed with you. So, <laughs> shocker. <laughs> well, here's the situation. I just think you've you've had too much. You've had too much winning. The Braves, Georgia Bulldogs. It's enough. It's enough. Well, it's enough. I mean, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of looking at your Instagram. It was one year. I, yeah, it's it a little too year. much, too quick. It's been forty years since since Georgia won. Hey, come come from Arkansas. Hey, so all saying. I'm saying is, it's we a waited. Too, we we had to wait for it too. It's a little too much. Maybe so let's you need scale a new back team. To celebrate. Maybe you need. I will a new never team. get a new team. Let's scale back the celebration. Uh, listen, congratulations, man. Thank you. Just, just killing it. I'm gonna play the new single now. But you guys stream the crap out of it. Jason, you know, doesn't make a bad record. And we're gonna do now. Trouble with a heartbreak from Jason Aldean. Jason, thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it, man. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. 
Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. In at number two, a super special moment for Bobby this week. He announced that he's getting awarded a doctorate, and that was huge news, not only because Bobby was excited, but because Lunchbox was thinking it was very stupid. So there was a lot happening during this announcement, um, but overall, some really exciting news for Bobby, and you can hear that in the big announcement right now. Number two. Let's go talk to Katie, who is on the phone right now. We always appreciate you guys calling us. Because I know it's not easy to call a radio station or a morning show. It's not something that I would naturally do, but I do sometimes. Sometimes I call Paul Feinbaum. I'm like, I'm just trying to get through. You do? Sometimes I go on as a guest. They'll call and be like, hey, will you come? But sometimes I'll call and just try to get through the request lines. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, because I got something I need to say. So I just appreciate it when you guys do that. So Katie, you're on. What would you like to say? Hey, um, I just wanted to congratulate you on the doctorate. I'm from Fayetteville, Arkansas as well. Well, I live here in... It's just really awesome. I listen to you every morning, every morning on my way to work, and it's just really exciting that you're going to be honored with that. And I just wanted to congratulate you. Thank you. It is exciting yeah. for me because I could not afford to go to the University of Arkansas. I had to work. My job was nowhere near that, and so I was not able to go. It would have been, I mean, it has been the dream forever to go to school and graduate from there. I was not able to again, according to to life circumstances. So the fact that they are recognizing me and I will be speaking at graduation, do a little do a little something, something, say a few words. Pretty cool, you know? So I don't really know what else to say about it because, I don't know, I got to start practicing surgeries, I guess. Yeah. Because if I'm a doctor. Start with, like, something small. <laughs> I can do any surgery. Headaches. Yeah. It's, it's like, 
When you have this, you can do any surgery at all. You don't have to even specialize. Mm -hmm. Oh, can you write us prescriptions? Absolutely. What would you like? Okay. Okay. (laughs) Give it a shot, Amy. Go to Walgreens. What would you? Oh, I'm not it yet. When's the ceremony? Um, May 14th. See? Um, Yes, I make jokes, but I'm extremely honored and thank you very much. It is really a, a life highlight for me. Not so much the doctorate part, although that is really cool, but the part that I was not able to afford to go to school there and they're now going, hey, you've done a lot for the state and for the university and we would like to honor you back. And also you have to have a certain place in your career that you've hit at the same time. So all that, awesome. That's it. Thank you. I will give Lunchbox 30 seconds. He is, <laughs> it's like he's his body's breaking out because he's holding it in. So, I mean, Lunchbox, you have uh, 30 seconds to say whatever you'd like. Y'all probably need about two minutes, but it's go. an absolute joke. You, you, are, you are at a point in your life where you can afford to go to the University of Arkansas. If you, so, if you want to go and fulfill that dream that you've always had, then go enroll in classes. Go, go online. They have online courses. Sign up. Take a class. Then you can say you went to the University of Arkansas. Instead, you're just being given a piece of paper for doing nothing, for, so, for going to the athletic games and going, yay, and wearing an Arkansas shirt. <laughs> on some videos that we shoot here in the studio. It's absolutely stupid you're getting an honorary doctorate for somewhere you never went. You you never did anything. I put me in Tim McGraw's got one. Taylor Swift. Dumb. Darius. Dumb. South Carolina. Dumb. Um, Well, (laughs) well, you didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. You didn't do anything. I mean... In the press release, they listed a lot of things that he's done. What? Like, he had a good career? Great. I've had a good career. Is it so Harvard going to come call? No. Wait, that'd wait. be cool. Though. Hey, would you accept it, though? If Harvard called and they said, Lunchbox, we'd like to give you an honorary degree in, like, trying to be on reality shows. Like, you represent. From Harvard? Yeah. I mean, it looks good on the resume, but really? Would you accept it? Probably. Okay. <laughs> but- exactly. I j- you, do- you didn't do anything for the University of Arkansas. It's hilarious. Right. Hilarious. Well, thank you, Lunchbox, and I appreciate that. You've gone over your time. Yeah, I mean, so, just, just... No, you have gone over your time. I, when you. you. No, when you There's no and, need to I, pee in my Cheerios. No, I'm not going to pee in your Cheerios. I have a question for you. Okay, but... I, I, when you get up there in front of those students, mm-hmm. and you say, hey, guys... I want this is what you need to say in your speech. Okay. I never went to the University of Arkansas, but I'm an honorary doctorate. How do you guys? How many of you guys? Does that make mad? And they're all going to raise their hand. Does that make hand. mad? Well, if I say, well, does that well, make well, mad? Well, they I might am, take it back. From I me. almost said the p word, p off. But, but even I, that wouldn't be proper English. It's an honorary doctorate. Yeah. Why honorary. not just say no, no? They do that to honor. For what? For what? What did you do? You didn't do anything. You didn't go to that school. You didn't make a difference. You didn't go and like start an organization on campus and you know have an impact on that camp. It says here, Bones is a benefactor of the Razorback Foundation and a that member means, of the Cardinal and White, the organization giving initiative to support student athlete scholarships and other expenses. He doesn't care about facts. But it doesn't matter. I'm not defending it. I'm just honored to have it. I let him have his time, and oh. now we'll move off of that. So, wow. the end. Hmm. Now, are you going to hang it up in your house? Because if you do, that's embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. Oh, do you I get would. like a... Yes, Amy, get... that's what it is. You get an actual and thing. You walk the stage. I I could sign oh. my name, Dr. Bobby. The no. thing is, you're, you're really not... Most people don't like you to do that. <laughs> but you can. But you could. <laughs> Let's go. So, anyway... That's the situation. I think Lunchbox is still a little triggered from not getting the acting role. Mm. From being no, honest, it's too. a combination of both. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but I'm very honored. This quiz is really cool. I'm not going to lie to you. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Of course, coming in hot, hot, hot at number one. It's the moment that's been leading up all week long. Who on the show was getting the movie role? It got revealed this week. It was down to three people. Well, it was supposed to be down to two, and then it was down to three. It was a whole thing, okay? Um, and you're going to have to listen to make sure you get caught up on the latest before you hear this bit right now, because this is the latest. This is the final movie reveal where we finally found out who's going to Hollywood, how long they're going to be gone for, when they're going to be gone, and what's happening. So the moment... You all have been waiting for, without further ado, the movie role revealed. Number one. It's time. Come on. Oh. In the next few minutes, somebody on the show will reveal. We will reveal that you have a movie role. Oh, man. Multiple lines. A major streaming service movie. We're down to three people. Either Amy's going to get the role. Either Lunchbox yes, gets the role. Yes, that's the most likely. That's the most likely scenario. Or Eddie gets the role. I feel it. I did not give this role. I did not pursue it. It came to me and asked for one of you specifically. Now, this is a listener who left us this VO. This happened on the show yesterday, but we're going to play it to set it up. One lady, two boys, one contest. Hollywood is a trip. The outcome will only be known by Bobby Bones, and it has already been decided. Text messages, Facebook messages, TikTok, it all doesn't matter. Bobby didn't pick the person. All you idiots, don't message him about anything. And Bobby also deserves to have an honorary doctorate, and maybe also an ice cream cone. Let's go. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So just a couple of quick things from each of you. Uh, Eddie believes he manifested this because... When I was a kid, my dad got me a little Oscar thing from a business trip he took to L.A., and I would stand in front of the mirror and say, I want to thank my parents for believing me. I would thank Tom Hanks for inspiring me. All the above. This is my dream come true, Bones. I know it. Earlier on the show, Eddie said his dad called him and was like, I think you got the role. He called me two times yesterday saying, has Bobby told you anything? He's like, Dad, Bobby's not telling me anything. I haven't told anyone. Lunchbox, why do you think you manifested the role? Man, guys, I've been... How'd you get back in this, by the way? (laughs) The plot twist. Got it. Plot twist. Like guys, a movie, like a good like movie. a movie, like a good murder mystery. There's always a plot twist, and Bobby is the king of the plot twist. And he knew that everybody would be so happy I was eliminated. Then boom, plot twist. I'm back to steal the role, and I cannot wait. I took theater in seventh grade, Miss Dawson, and then I just thought about being on the big screen the rest of my life. I started taking acting classes a couple years ago. I was like, you know what? It's time to chase that dream, and the dream has finally come true. Hollywood, I'm coming, baby. Open the doors. I'm on my way. Wow, okay. Sounds like he's dying. I'm sending my team here, my creative team of Scuba and Mike D a text. Oh, boy. You don't even Which know what is, that means. Like, like what? Okay. They're going to bring in now, the present for me. Amy. My plane ticket. You think you've manifested this somehow? Well, I mean, yes. I've said for years that I would love a role in, for example, a Hallmark Christmas movie. I mean, back in the day, Hallmark was one making most of them. But now all kinds of networks and streaming platforms make Christmas movies. So that's what I often have put out there. And I did it recently on the show Hold a clip of it just so you can hear of times that I've randomly mentioned it. Okay, here's some clips from Amy. Here you go. 
Okay, so I have a bucket list item, which would be, I don't know, be in a Hallmark Christmas movie somehow, even if just an extra. And I saw that Hershey's has teamed up with the Hallmark Channel, and they have a baking contest going on. And a lucky winner is going to get a walk-on role as a baker on the Hallmark Movie Channel. And I thought, maybe that could be me. So I've said mm-hmm. that for what? years. Maybe even a barista in so a coffee shop. So you won a Hershey's shop. contest? Well, no. I mean, that was just well, an example of me saying it on the show. I've said it multiple you times. You don't know. Okay. Do you know he Scuba? He doesn't know what? Do you know Scuba? I don't know. You can just text me. Just text me back. Okay. Why do you have secret texts going what are you guys on right texting now? About? This is my creative team. and We can't hey, talk in hey, front of you hey, guys. guys. You guys. You guys are so stressed. Don't worry about it. You got the role. You got the role. I'm not <laughs> stressed, but I am nervous. I'm not. Well, one of I you, don't get nervous in front of the camera. Well, but it's acting. It's not just. Well, I know. Your trust shirt me. Up. I act. One of you has to be eliminated. Oh, sorry, suckers! I just, said a, I just said a prayer. So the elimination is going to happen, and then we'll find out. Here's yeah. the thing: I and we don't think that this is a Christmas movie. Oh, oh no, Amy! Sorry, Amy. See you well, later. Either way, I. Bye. Okay, Sorry. Well, I'll wait for my time. Movie roll's gone. Sorry. <laughs> I still manifested it, and I, I don't th- scuba right or is are we just confused on it? I think we're confused. Yeah, I'm, I'm double checking right it now. Might but I believe be, it might be, but not. we don't know if it is or isn't. Yeah, I, I think that they're known for this, but I don't think it's that. Home Alone Four, mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> and the kids growing up in a lunchbox. That could work. One of you will be eliminated. Ah, come the person on. eliminated now is Amy. Do you think it's you? Oh, oh my god! Why did you do that? Oh my goodness! I thought I was like, oh man! Oh my goodness! I'm sweating. The championship, Eddie. Bones. Literally, I'm sweating right now, and so oh. I don't know. I don't want to play this you game. Suck. I have no idea. Honestly, whoever it is, I'm gonna be happy for them. It's gonna be cool. Like you said, it could be like just an wow. amazing experience that you know alters someone's life a little bit. <laughs> okay, don't do that. Lunchbox. What? Talking to you right now. Yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm ready to move on. I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. Get rid of these fools. Let's go. Just say it. I got the hey. movie roll. You are. I'm going on. <laughs> Great person, uh, actor. You I are. I need. You, I need you to be quiet. Oh, right. you are still in. Yeah! Oh. Yeah! What is up? What is up? What is up? Hey, Eddie, how's that taste? How's that taste, buddy? <laughs> so it's either me or Eddie or. This out. is not good. Yeah! I, I don't. What Dickens? <laughs> ah, not like Eddie's hair. <laughs> okay, but why take but, shots yeah, at what, him? What, what, he didn't what do anything. You? What? Man, I, I just I don't feel confident. No, I mean, in you can, no now way. you're possibly up against Lung Frog and you don't feel it's confident. It's you. It's you that I'm worried about. Not him. He brought himself back in, Amy. It can't be Lunchbox. I, I feel but like it's what, Amy now. But was I going to bring him back in? Was it a plot twist? I don't know. Yeah, this I is mean, what Bobby does. He makes things really complicated. You are, yeah, you do stuff like this, yes. So, oh man, God. Eddie, come on, Bones, please. I told you, dude. I didn't do it. I didn't. I didn't pick this. No, no, I'm I have just, nothing to do with it. I'm just saying Eddie. The announcement. Oh my gosh, what? What? You are. Come on, still in it? Still in it? Eliminated. Yeah! 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 No! 
Sorry. <laughs> Ray, why are you laughing so hard? <laughs> <laughs> because he truly thought it was him. I really did. Yeah. Oh, did you? Did you really? I really, really did. Yeah. So it's either Amy. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Or Guys, this is amazing. Okay, so Daddy, I made it farther than you did. So we're gonna take a br- we're gonna ta- we're gonna take a break. Take a break. Oh. Yeah, we gotta come back and finish it in the next. Oh segment. my goodness! Do you oh. think, Eddie? Now there's any chance it could be lunchbox? No, you still don't. I still see now. Now even more. I think it's gonna be Amy. But wouldn't I have eliminated him here? Yeah, if- but this is just fun to mess with his emotions. I love it. Okay, I'm sorry. It's not. It wasn't you. It's okay. <laughs> I have the Look rest of the my, day to get over it. My wife just texted, congrats! I'm freaking out! <laughs> yes! Okay, let's take a break. We will come back and we will give either oh. Amy or Lunchbox the movie role of a lifetime. Yes! Place your bets. Um, Ray, oh, now Lunchbox is back in. He brought himself back in. But we, that could have been the plan the whole time because there was going to be a twist. Who do you think gets the role, Ray? I'm going with Amy just because Lunch has a voice for radio. He has a face for radio. Okay, dumb joke. <laughs> dumb joke. Like, from this Morgan? My bet's been on Amy the whole time, so I'm sticking with it. Heavy favorite is Amy. Eddie? I don't know, man. I'm very lost right now. <laughs> I still just keep thinking it's me and maybe there's another twist, but... Since we're so putting you money put yourself, down, you want to put yourself back into it? Yes. Can I put myself back into it? Remember, remember when you got mad at me? You know what? You can. <laughs> okay. You're back, I'm back into in. it. All right. There are three people. Eddie's oh, eliminated. So, ah! oh, okay. All right. ah! well, that was quick. That sucks. Twenty dollars on Amy. So all you guys are going for Amy. Wait, that's fine. So that's I, fine. Will, I will have played this perfectly if it's lunchbox. Is what you. That's guys right. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, I'd like to say, oh my goodness, it's been a fun bit for me <laughs> and to our audience. They have no idea. The show's had no idea. <sighs> Even during the break, I had to tell the show. I was like, it hurt me not to tell Eddie. And I never asked you either. You didn't, which was hard. The person. Oh my gosh, are we shooting in Hollywood? Are we you going are. to some exotic Hollywood. location? Hollywood. Hollywood. That's where I feel my best. <laughs> what? The yeah. Per- the person. Yes. Come on. Going to Hollywood. Oh, Bobby. Lunchbox, how do you feel? I feel great. I feel great about this, baby. Let's go. I'm sweating. Don't be sweating. Amy, when you're an actor, you can't sweat on stage. Well, you got to be cool, calm, collective. (sighs) Collective. The person getting the acting role is... Amy. (laughs) What? I guess I knew it. The title's just been released called Lame Girls. (laughs) It doesn't seem real because, yes, none of us have any acting experience. So whoever it would have been, this seems totally like not like it's really happening. And I am sweating right now, and I feel bad for Lunchbox. He's definitely been I mean, very is, worked up. Do you feel like you can act? I don't know. I think no, I can. Can't. Well, I, what's the like? What are okay, the lines? Okay, so what? No, I don't. <laughs> you have a lot. You have a you have a lot of lines. I don't have your script. So, I could I could probably get your script. Are you gonna run lines with me? Like you've been in a movie. I don't. How are? How do they expect oh. us radio people to know how know. to do this? But Amy will be gone for wow. a few days next month. That's we'll talk about it after this segment. Okay. So you're free to go. But congratulations. Thank you. Amy has won the role. Wow. I'm not clapping, but <laughs> you put yourself I back in it. I mean, it's, you, you did this to yourself. It's so dumb. Guys. Amy, it's really cool. I'm happy for you. I'm not. Say it. 
Say what? No, no, you say, you know, you say you believe. Okay, relax. Let her have her moment. I don't know. I just did something that I've said and I never thought would actually really happen. So my mind is all over the place. And I I just, now I just want to do a good job and make y'all proud. I mean, especially representing iHeart, because I guess that's the part. Representing Bobby Bone Show. Okay, sorry, the Bobby Bone Show. Yes, you. So is Amy the host of the show or something? I have no idea. I don't know her role. I I guess I'm telling you, I don't know anything about it. Okay. Well, yes, I want to make the Bobby Bone Show proud. Amy's trying to make a faceless company proud. So we're going to. um, Oh, what? A faceless company? Mm-hmm. What does that Instead mean? Instead your friends here. You're making- no, I want to make y'all proud. Thank you. And even Great. the listeners, too. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations, Amy. Huh? Wait, so... No, well, I don't know. I don't have any details. I wish I had more. I can probably get the script, but you have to go soon. We're, you're going to go. We're going to make sure. I'm, I'm going to watch your kids. Oh, Do- you oh, are? Awesome. <laughs> oh, <No> boy. <laughs> all right, there we go. That concludes this. Good, everybody. Take a breath. Proud of all of you. You're all great in my mind. All right, cool. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. That's it for the bits this weekend. Just the bits. You know, they are some great best bits, but this one is just the bits. So make sure you check out part one, which is the interview with phone screener Abby. And we also talked about that huge announcement she made on the show this week about her relationship. And we got into the weeds about some dark questions that MSN had posted. So all in good fun, all a fun conversation to hear back after you just listened to all of these bits and got caught up on the show. Y'all, thanks for hanging out. I hope you have an amazing weekend. Bye. The Bobby Bones Show. Bobby Bones. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.